Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. This episode is brought to you by my course, Rest Assured. If you've been struggling with falling asleep, or staying asleep, or just not waking up feeling well-rested, you've come to the right place. Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Insomnia, or CBTI, is the gold standard intervention in the management of insomnia. Rest Assured is a digital course that walks you through CBTI, step-by-step, with everything you need to succeed. Each of the six weekly modules guides you through some important background information for the different techniques, explores the evidence-based techniques in detail, provides multiple examples of exercises so you can find the one that works for you, and reviews the work you've completed since the last module. And rest assured, it's just not another DIY left to your own devices, but rather, you get direct access to me, a board-certified sleep physician in twice-monthly office hours, where you can ask me face-to-face any questions you may have about the course material. So check out www.wellrestedmd.com slash RA to learn more. That's wellrestedmd.com slash RA. Or just head to the homepage and click on courses to learn more. Enjoy the episode. Hey, friends and neighbors. You're listening to the Well-Rested Podcast, episode number 13, Daylight Savings. I'm your host, Dr. Joshua Lennon. Every six months, over 70 countries around the world undergo a ridiculous natural experiment the results of which are consistently clear. Today I'll be discussing the absurd notion of daylight savings and the high cost, not savings, to your sleep and your health. There have been various traditions and odd suggestions throughout the ages, from changing how long an hour should last across the seasons to changing only business activity across the seasons. Modern daylight savings, or DST as we know today, was first proposed by George Hudson in 1895 and then independently by William Willett in 1905. Hudson was an insect collector in New Zealand, and basically just wanted more daylight hours after he got off work for his hobby, so he could better see in the sunlight his potential specimens. Willett, an Englishman, was an avid golfer, basically just wanted to keep playing golf a little bit later in the day. The pro-argument is to give people a little bit of extra daylight time after the typical workday, by depriving them of an hour of daylight earlier in the day. But this change is much different on the east and the west ends of any given time zone. Additionally, the length of the day changes far more significantly at higher latitudes across the seasons. So standard clock times for work never really stay synchronized with daylight much anyway, making that rationale somewhat pointless. And closer to the equator, there is very little seasonal variation in daylight, again, making the rationale kind of pointless. In the early 20th century, many societies adopted daylight savings time from spring to fall, with standard time continuing during the winter. It's been official policy in the U.S. since 1918. The law now dictates that the second Sunday in March at 2 a.m. and the first Sunday in November at 2 a.m. is when the shifts should take place. Most countries, especially in Asia, Africa, and South America, are wise enough not to use this silly system. And even within some countries, like Australia, Some regions follow DST and others do not. Proponents argue that it saves energy by using fewer indoor lights. One 2017 meta-analysis showed that in fact it does, by an average of one-third of one percent lower cost of energy. Big whoop. So perhaps statistically significant, but not necessarily meaningful. And the closer to the equator, the higher the energy cost. Several studies in the U.S., in fact, show that the cost of electricity on indoor lighting is lower, but the savings are then overshadowed by the added costs of more air conditioning use in the hot evenings, or increased heating costs in the cooler mornings. There's also evidence pointed at the same issues in our vehicles during commutes. 
Your miles per gallon is lower when the vehicle's HVAC system is doing more heating of the interior in the cooler mornings and a lot less efficient powertrain when expending much more energy trying to cool the interior down on the hot meat home in the sun. Daylight savings time, or DST clock shifts, also make the ordinary more complicated than it needs to be, increasing errors. From timekeeping, think of your microwave or oven clock, to travel, billing, record keeping, medical devices, and of course, sleep health. The disruption to individuals caused by the clocks changing is significant. While there is some evidence suggesting that fatal car crashes may decrease by as much as 1.2% during DST as a whole, fatal vehicle crashes increase by 6-11% in the very first week of DST. Work-related injuries are also more common during this first week. In the culprit, suddenly losing a full hour of sleep. While some people can adapt to a different summer time zone within a day, for others it can take a few weeks to fully adjust. The number of suicides is significantly higher in the first weeks of DST. Cardiovascular disease rates are also dramatically higher. Not only are you more likely to get sick within this time transition, but you're less likely to be safely taken care of. Research from the Mayo Clinic presented this summer demonstrated that medical errors and patient safety adverse events increased by 18% in the first week of DST on average in each of the last eight years. We healthcare workers are no less prone to the ill effects of DST than anyone else. There's just more lives at stake. The American Academy of Sleep Medicine, of which I'm a proud card-carrying member, just in late August of 2020 released a position statement on daylight savings time. And no surprise, arguing against its continued existence due to the unnecessary and fully preventable death and disease it ravages on human society every single year. Since the natural light exposure of DST does not align with normal human biology, in our normal circadian cycling, the Academy argues for the full abolishment of DST in favor of year-round standard time. Some societies have advocated for or even temporarily instituted permanent DST to avoid the same pitfalls of the shifting. But since standard time is more biologically informed, it is the clearer, wiser choice to improve human well-being. Several individual states within the U.S. have proposed various changes to DST, many of which are conflicting with about half proposing permanent DST and half permanent standard time. Why is DST so problematic for health? You've heard me discuss repeatedly the importance of our internal clocks, our circadian rhythms, and the different zeitgeibers or timekeepers that can influence our internal clocks. The more misaligned our internal clocks are from the external environment, the more problems we encounter. So for instance, if you need to wake up at 5.30 a.m. in order to get ready for work, and the sun doesn't rise for an hour, you are missing that crucial support, that external cue to help remind you and your body that it's time to wake. On the other end, if you need to get to sleep by 9.30 p.m. and sunset isn't until 8.30 p.m., well, you've had a lot of natural light exposure right before bed, which would delay your body's clock even further. Each of us may have a different predilection for our preferred day rhythms, but evidence clearly shows that problems of a delayed internal clock, i.e. staying up later and sleeping in later, are far worse than standard cycling or being slightly advanced with an earlier preference. From academic performance to driving performance, cognitive and memory performance to mood, there's a clear disadvantage to having a delayed or later internal clock. And with that later evening light close to when you should be sleeping and the absence of early morning light when you should be waking, it becomes increasingly difficult to keep your schedule. Harder to fall asleep on time, harder to wake up on time especially that first week. 
And especially because in addition to the sudden shift, you've also literally lost an entire hour with that single 23-hour day. Your work or school obligations didn't change. You were still being asked to wake up at the same clock time, now just in a much more challenging situation, compounded by the stronger influence of more evening light trying to keep you up later. The result? Less sleep. And more lower quality sleep from the stronger light effect shortly before you go to sleep. So what happens with this natural experiment of forced sleep deprivation by an hour on an entire society, combined with a forced misalignment of the circadian cycling of a society? Acutely, we see a significant uptick in cardiovascular morbidity and mortality, with rates of heart attacks, strokes, and irregular heart rhythms up substantially. Heart attacks specifically increased by a whopping 24% that first day of daylight savings compared to the annualized average. Americans are more likely to miss routine medical appointments that first week, which is unsurprisingly compensated for by an increase in emergency room visits. Once discharged from a hospital, we're also more likely to be readmitted right back to the hospital right after that transition to DST than any other time of the year. This sleep loss is nothing to sneeze at. Well, actually it is, because acute sleep loss, not just a full night of sleep deprivation for one night, but just an hour or two, such as what we get with DST, has been shown to cause a 70% drop in a part of the immune army called the natural killer cells, which is a type of white blood cell with key roles in both cancer detection and overall immunity. So your immune system is weakened by the DST shift as well. The combination of this acute sleep loss plus the circadian misalignment has also been shown to lower the vagal tone. The vagus nerve travels from your brainstem down to most major organs, and it's the main highway for the messages of rest and digest the parasympathetic nervous system, which should be balancing out the fight-or-flight sympathetic nervous system. But with decreased vagal activity from this kind of forced desynchrony of body clocks plus sleep deprivation, your heart rate is higher, blood pressure is higher, and we experience reduced sleep. A single week of six hours of sleep, which is what many people experience in March at the beginning of DST, has been shown to cause alterations in over 700 human genes. It's about 3% of your DNA. Most of these genes are involved in inflammation regulation or cell cycle regulation, key defenses against infection and cancer. These kinds of fundamental changes are also likely at the root of why we see a significant increase in breast, colon, and prostate cancer among the chronically sleep-deprived, like shift workers. The prolonged DST of several months' duration can cause prolonged misalignment of sleep phases for many people, perpetuated by the decreased availability of early morning light after waking and the increase in late evening light before bed with these light cues continually pushing individuals' internal clocks later every single day of DST. This misalignment of external life obligations and an internally delayed clock can worsen social jet lag. And this misalignment has been shown to increase the risk for obesity, metabolic syndrome, cardiovascular disease, and depression. In fact, in the fall, once nation's clocks are corrected back to standard time, we actually get a single 25-hour day and rates of acute heart attacks drop by about 21% that first day compared to the annualized average. Realignment of internal clocks with standard time and a little extra sleep for just one day, and a dramatic reduction in the number one cause of death in the U.S. today. So to summarize, you might be sick of me talking about light and consistent wake-up times and avoiding lights at night and blah 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 blah, but you cannot escape your biology. You don't have a choice in whether or not your body has an internal timekeeper but you do have a choice in how you influence it. 
and you have a choice in how your government forces an anti-biological time structure on society every single year for no clear gains, heavily disputed gains at best, and mountains of evidence, including the piles of dead people and millions more still alive but suffering as a result of this ridiculous assault on human well-being. So contact your representatives in Congress, the newspapers, tell your friends, share on social media that this absurd time torture sucking our nation's vitality has got to end. Do your best by getting up at the same time every day, getting as much bright light as you can shortly after you wake. If the sun's not up, then get a light box. And in the evenings, do your best to limit your light exposure in those last couple hours before you intend to go to sleep. Take advantage of the coming shift back to normal, biologically attuned standard time this weekend and get some extra rest. I've created a wonderful freebie for you, so if you head on over to wellrestedmd.com day, you can get a free cheat sheet of the day in the life of the well-rested, including some specific best practices to get that good snooze. That's wellrestedmd.com D-A-Y. Plus, I'll be doing a free special live webinar training next week, Sleep Success in Four Simple Steps, where I'll teach the simple yet profound methods for defeating insomnia, backed by the best high-quality evidence. Check out wellrestedmd.com simple to register. That's wellrestedmd.com S-I-M-P-L-E to register for my free live training of sleep success in four simple steps. Be sure to hit subscribe in your favorite podcast player to get all the latest episodes. Give us a review and head on over to wellrestedmd.com for more information. Thanks for listening.